You are listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Just Riding Along, brought to you by Vanilla Wafers, Broken Carbon. A special word from our sponsors. Hey there, I'm Chloe Woodruff, a Stan's No Tube-sponsored athlete and 2014 Whiskey Off-Road and Grand Junction Off-Road champion. I like participating in Epic Rides Off-Road Series events because the courses offer a fun way to experience some of Prescott and Grand Junction's finest trails. The three-day event weekends are filled with fun, music, and fellow bike-minded people. For complete event information and to register for the Whiskey or Grand, visit EpicRides.com. And Vanilla Wafers again. And for uh, the record, I don't think it's it's Prescott. I think it's Prescott. <laughs> I don't know what this this Prescott is, but it's it's Prescott, Prescott, the Prescott Trails. Right. Epic Rides does stuff at Prescott Trails. Okay. Um, we have a another kind of shortish epi- episode tonight, maybe, because we didn't get any questions. We've answered everyone's questions so thoroughly. No one has any more questions to ask. Hmm. Or Ben's had a really, really, really busy week chasing around Trans-Iowa, which turned out to be a clusterfuck of rain and terrible weather, and didn't have time to forward questions to us. One of the two things happened. Yeah, that's possible, too. I think we've just been very thorough. Matt's eating vanilla wafers, so am I. Whiskey, uh, or Kenny, sorry. I didn't mean to call you whiskey. I I was going to ask if you were drinking whiskey. That's kind of a compliment, isn't it? (laughs) Maybe. Uh, But yes, I'm having a whiskey and Diet Dr. Pepper. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> Why would you fuck up whiskey like that? Is I it thought Dr. Say, Pepper. What's up? I thought you were going to say whiskey and more whiskey. No, no, no. This is, uh, people would be really upset, but yeah, it's it's decent whiskey uh, in Dr. Pepper, oh. which I really like. It's good. You know, people talk about how like good, like some whiskey's like a mixing whiskey and other whiskey's so good. It's a sipping whiskey. It's like, it turns out if it's really good and you pour it in like your favorite, like mixer? soft drink or mixer. It's still really good. Like I, I agree 100%. People, I don't know, people get all snooty about like, all I'll kinds of crap. I'll take Pappy Van Winkle and pour it in Sierra Mist if I want to. Like I like, um, I had a, a, a lady bring some whiskey by the shop, and it was, I think, a distillery in Boulder or somewhere around there. Um, she called it, she said it was from the Speakeasy. I forgot which one it was, though, and I forgot the name of it now. by now because the whiskey was so good it erased my brain. <laughs> Are you eating another pack of Swiss rolls? Oh my god. Matt is getting down. He's like, I'm going to get these Swiss rolls, and I'm going to just eat them tomorrow on my on my hard ride, and I'm going to love it. And now he's on his second pack while he's not riding. <laughs> you're, you're just a big old fat kid inside. The biggest one. <laughs> he's the, Sucking down he's mayonnaise like the, and Swiss rolls. Fattest, skinny guy I've ever seen. <laughs> um, yeah, you better watch out. If you gain any weight, you're gonna break the, make break some more rims. <laughs> Man, yeah. When you get old and you get fat, you're gonna have like that weird looking fake gut, like that beer belly that's like detached from your body. Ew, that's so gross. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> so I look like a pregnant fifty year old man. Exactly. I've seen some of those, and it's like, oh my god, I I can't not look. Right. Um. So, this week, um, I've been kind of mixing it up, riding a little road, and coming down here. It snowed some more in uh, Blackhawk, so the trails are still covered in snow. After, like, first they got the, like, two or three feet of snow that weekend I went to Moab, and then um, it just snowed, like, another five or six inches. So, um, yeah, our trails up there kind of effed up for a little while longer uh but all the trails on the front range as far as like the stuff going from denver up to the mountains like that little border of of trail is freaking awesome hey turn the light back on <sighs> sorry we're, we're getting settled in here yeah that's better oh I, I really and today matt and i did a ride that was um it was hard it was real hard so we rode last Wednesday and got caught in the rain. Thunder snow. Thunder snow. And then Thursday, we ended up riding together on the mountain bikes. And then Friday, I rode by myself. And midway through my ride, 
I had to, I was going to do a big loop and somewhere along the route, I decided the weather was going to be too rowdy and I turned around and put it in the, and I'm on the road bike. So if you don't want to hear about road riding, you can just stop listening now. And after you stop listening, you should like then go slap yourself a bunch for being a chotch. <laughs> um, I put it in the 5211 and I averaged 32 miles an hour for like 18 minutes. Um, you can do that out here. <laughs> yeah, you can. Um, and then I, I really don't know how far I went in the next 40 minutes, but it was a long ways. Like I covered a bunch of ground in 40 minutes. Um, and I made it to the closest bike shop to where I was. Like I knew where this shop was. And I just hightailed it straight to Big Ring or Big Shark Cycles in Golden. Because I was like, that's the closest, like, safe haven where I can come inside with my bike. And I got there just as, like, the big raindrops were hitting the ground and the thunderstorm passed over. And then I rode home in the rain for, like, 35 minutes, you know, from from the bike shop. Uh, but I, um, uh, let's see. Then I worked Saturday through Tuesday, I got to play with a bunch of cool bikes, and then today I went out and we did a pretty hard ride. For those of you that are, again, a little more road riding, Lookout Mountain was part of the U.S. Pro Challenge last year, and today we rode a trail called Chimney Gulch, which is the single track that, it doesn't really parallel Lookout, but you you start at the same place, and you end up at the same place. You you go up the same mountain. Um you just do it on single track instead of on a road. Yeah, so we climbed for like an hour and 30 minutes. I don't know. It was a long time. It, it took forever. It was a long climb. And then we got to descend really fast, and I was riding my Jet 9 RDO with my Knox wheels. And I was riding, it was my fourth time riding at that trail. Um, so you, you got to know the trail. Okay. I was pretty familiar with that trail system and that exact trail in the system. I think that was my second or third time, definitely second, if not third time riding that trail. It was was, the trails at apex. Yeah. So I was very, very comfortable with everything that was going on. And I knew that I couldn't get myself in a, in an over speed situation. So I really laid out of the brakes and I jumped a water bar landed on some smooth trail, and then I, I jumped a water bar and landed in a, a rocky section, um, and I was running Memphis tire pressure, and I 100% destroyed my rear Knox wheel. Totally cracked the rim. I mean, you didn't, like, destroy it to where you couldn't ride out. You just had to, like, it leaked all the air out because there was, like, a one side of the rim was cracked yeah, in so, half. So I split one of the sidewalls, not of my tire, but of my rim. Um, and I heard it. I did too. I heard it and it didn't feel right. So I landed and it didn't feel right and it didn't seem right. Cause it almost sounded like a rock hitting a down tube, but it was more of a lower, it was like a lower frequency. Instead of a crack, it was more of a thunk. Yeah. It had a very like dead sound. And I thought that maybe I had... Uh, I don't know what you'd really call it, like squirted a side knob. You know that thing where like you hit a rock and your side knob folds really hard and then everything goes thunk. Like I thought maybe I did that funny, but that that wasn't it. Um, and a couple of minutes later down the trail, I realized that I was flatting. And I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. Like this is going to be really bad. Uh, and, and it was, so... Um, yeah, we'll see what they do. It's, I haven't called them yet. I mean, I didn't get finished. I put a tube in it and I rode it home. And unfortunately I had to ride kind of slow because I didn't have a tube or I didn't have, I was now running a tube. So I didn't want to, didn't want to pinch it. So I didn't really get to rip much more after that. Even going up. You got a good picture of me. Yeah. But going uphill, some of the issues I was having is I, I couldn't like out here, you sort of need to like cram through a couple of rocks and then go uphill and I wasn't comfortable cramming through those rocks. So it was, it was, I don't want to say frustrating. Like I was really happy at first. Like, Hey, I broke a rim. Like it's, <laughs> I'm kind of bummed now. Like I thought I'd be a little, I, I've sort of half expected this since I got them at some point that I would like destroy one and 
I mean, today was the day. Like, I mean, it really just, it's its just an example of, it. if you look on any internet message forum, you see, like, I'm this size, and I ride this style, what wheel level, like, what level of toughness of a wheel should I get? Well, this is pretty interesting because, you know, if Matt wanted to right now, he could hop online, post a picture of his wheel, and be like, hey, I'm a 140-pound rider, super smooth, and look what I did to my Knox wheel. These are pieces of shit, you know, and... Little do people know that he was, whatever, six feet in the air and came down on a rock at, you know, 20 PSI. It's like, well, well So yeah. for the record, for the record, I was running 22 PSI, and I was probably no more than 24 to 36 inches from the ground at my highest point. So the trail was pretty steep downhill, so I just sort of launched the water bar. So I'm sure at my highest you point... You jumped the, off of the water bar. Like, you... You didn't yes. just go straight off the... Like, I launch off of water bars by, like, just launching straight off of them. No, I pump-boosted the water yeah, bar. Yeah, you, like, like, boosted off of the water bar. Like, I told Matt that from my position, maybe, like, 10 feet behind him, his rear hub was about level... Like, I, I'm uphill from him, behind him, about 10 feet, and on a pretty steep hill, and when he boosted off of the water bar, his rear hub was at about my handlebar height. I mean, he like. I was he, getting rowdy. He was like a freaking rabbit. I mean. So I was. So like, would you say if you were on? I know you wouldn't know exactly, but if you were on like an archer a flow, do you think you would have had roughly the same outcome? So the only uh, so I've already thought of this. The difference is, I would have ridden straight home. I would have put my bike on the rack and I would have went to work and power washed it. And then giving it to someone and been like, look, you put the rim on, I'll buy the rim, I'll bring you a bottle of whiskey. And, like, it would already be done. That's the yeah. difference. But I'll tell you this. Um, 15 minutes? No, that's a lot. If that had been maybe, Hold on, no, I, I was going to no. answer Kenny's question. So I think it would have killed any rim because I was running a stupid tire pressure for the type of riding I was doing. Unfortunately, I just had to make this – this mistake on an expensive rim. Yes. Um, it was something I was going to have to learn. And for the record, I was already running three PSI more than Memphis. So in Memphis, I would have been running 19 in the rear. And here I was running 22. And turns out when I get it fixed, I'll probably start running like 25 or more in the rear just so I can jump the bike. Yeah, yeah. So something else to think about. Um, you know, one reason I think they went away from that design of rim is not because it was bad, but because if you go with the bead hookless design, the uh, that bead is a lot, lot wider and a lot thicker, a lot stronger. Uh, so hopefully in those rim strike situations, the new rims like the Skylines and the Tiakales and all those, I'm hoping those will be a little bit stronger. I suggested that he get that... Uh replaced with a Tiocali instead of the Skyline? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you wanted something super gnarly... Uh, I mean, they I make the Farlo also. Which I'm is... fairly certain that the Tiocali pretty much weighs the same as the old uh, cross-country rim. XCR29. I believe so. Um, in all honesty, I'm probably going to get... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some research while you're talking. The more I think about it, I'll probably get the Farlo, because it's going to be the widest and the strongest, and I'm just going to keep raging it. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think you can rage a Farlow all day long. Especially if I had a Farlow with 25, 26, 27 PSI in it. It's not going to have quite the same small bump, like, comfort. But uh, later in the ride, uh, Kenny's looking up the rim I know, I weights and stuff, also. too. Um, but the, uh, the cool thing is I'm going to, or not the cool thing, but later in the ride... After I tubed it, and we had done all of our climbing. We were going downhill, and I decided that I wanted to um, – uh, not wanted to, sorry. Andrea's looking at rims, and it's like I, I can't talk and look at stuff at the same time. It's just breaking my head. Uh, I, want, I wanted to – there was a water bar and then a switchback. Not really a switchback, like a pretty sharp corner. And I sort of scrubbed over the top of the water bar. And then I didn't really jump, but I like landed, like I was unweighted. Suspension was 100% unsagged at the very least. I may have been like an inch in the air. 
you know, I wasn't really like flying, but I wasn't on the ground like planted. And I, I turned the bike and like stuffed it into the corner and it didn't flex at all. Like the, the wheels didn't flex. The bike just went exactly in the direction that I had it pointed already. And I was like, wow, I really, I really want to stay with carbon wheels because it does this. Like no joke. Well, I'm, yeah. No, like my point is like if you'd been a, maybe not a flow, but like an arch or especially like a crest. Oh, a crest and you an would arch have, would have died right there. You, yeah, you would have totally killed it. You would have had to take the wheel off and hit it on the ground. So, so your tire wouldn't be rubbing your frame the rest of the way home. So something else interesting, I mean, I wish I was kind of there to see it, but, I mean, it sounds like the wheel was still rideable, even though it broke. Oh, yeah, Dude, it's, it's totally so rideable. True. Yeah, it's, it's so it's, true. It just wouldn't hold air because there was no sealant in the tire. Yeah, but, I mean, it's nice to know it didn't, like, you know, snap in half and, and no, throw, throw yeah. carbon shrapnel everywhere. No. Like, you wouldn't know other than, than Matt kind of cussing at it and, and talking about having a tube in it. You wouldn't know anything was wrong with it. Yeah, all right, so here's some stuff. Uh, the... The XCR29, uh, which you have, is 380 grams, and it's got an ERD. This is a published ERD. I don't know if that's actual or not, um, because they've, they've actually changed some of their ERD numbers. Um, they didn't actually change anything in the rim. They just changed the way they measure it. But anyway, uh, 592 on the XCR29, and the Farlow is 589. So it's actually just a hair deeper. And it weighs 430 grams. So the burliest wheel they make now, the Farlow, tiny bit heavier, tiny bit deeper, deeper. And you could probably get away. A three mil ERD is only a mil and a half difference uh, at the spoke. You could probably get away with running your same spokes, and it shouldn't be a problem at all. What about the Tiakali? Well, the problem with the Tiakali is it's much, much uh, shallower. It's 598 ERD. Ah, okay. Uh, and it's the exact same as the Skyline which is also 598. So it's just a width and a weight difference between the Skyline and the Tiakali. The Farlow gets deeper and even wider. Okay. What rim would you get, though? Man, I mean, if it were me, I'd probably get a Tiakali. Um, I think the Farlow is a little nuts. But, I mean, hey, it might be really cool. Um, you know, if you don't mind a tiny weight penalty from what you got right now, you'd, you'd be adding 50 grams. But it's also, hey, do you want to buy all new spokes, too? So, you know, at, at four bucks a piece, Sapums aren't cheap, but, Oh, you know. so you're saying he could probably do the, just a rim swap on... A Farlow. A Farlow. I think that a Farlow is going to be very close to being able to do a swap where he can just use his existing spokes and everything. The Tiakali or the Skyline is going to require new spokes. They're going to have to be uh, shorter. Okay. Or, I'm sorry, other way around. They're going to be, they have to be longer. Right, yeah, the yeah, rim is shallower, the spoke yes. is longer. Yes. Or I could really, this would be the most balling thing, move the XCR to the rear, put a skyline on the front. Yeah, but the problem is, you know, you you still have that same style rim on the back, and you might just do the same thing you already did to it. But I could start running a big boy pressure in it. Yeah, you could definitely do that. You could run a big boy pressure, and then you could do something neat like, you know, yeah, you could release it, put a Skyline on the front, but then you got to get new spokes too, which eh, kind of sucks. But then you could have a lighter wheel on the front, and then you could maybe and down you could the break road. Front wheel. Yeah, well, no, no, I don't think you're going to break a front Skyline. Like I just, I really don't. Um, and it's it's tough to break front wheels in general. Like I was on a race gold for like three years, and I never had an issue with that thing. So, and I kind of jumped it off some big shit. <laughs> like way bigger than you should jump like an 80 mil full suspension bike off of. Yeah. So I don't know. I never had an issue with it. I mean, unless you cross up and crash and like hit a tree completely crossed up 90 degrees. Uh-huh. I, I don't know how people break front wheels. I mean, I've tacoed one before, but it was like, it was the sort of thing where like I bounced, like I, I took a bad line and kind of like hit the, like the hook of the trail a little sideways and left yeah. at the same time. Like there was some <laughs> lateral force involved along with high speeds and a crash. So yeah, I mean it, it bent. Yeah. It's a tough call, Matt. I mean, it just depends on whether or not you want to get new spokes or not, you know? And um, if you don't mind getting new spokes, I mean, I don't know, do I think the Farlow or the Tia Kali would both be pretty good. Um, Tia Kali's front and rear are going to weigh the exact same as what you got right now. And they're going to be just a little bit wider. What's the internal width on what 
he has now? Uh, 23 on what he's got right okay. now. And uh, the Tiakali is 26. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I just ordered a, a set of Farlow uh, 27.5 wheels for a lady who comes in the shop. It's actually the same lady who had the whiskey the other day. It was delicious whiskey. We just, like, sat there and drank it out of espresso cups. Farlow 27.5, that's gnarly. She wanted it for her enduro bike, and I said, that's you know, so they've, cool. got, they've got the Tiakali or the Farlow, and she said that um, she was going to try and do stuff that might break wheels, so she wanted the Farlow. That is so cool. Are you going to build them up, or is she just going to get, like, an off-the-shelf Oh, uh, she or just what? got, I like, I mean, straight up, just I-9 hubs and, like, their build. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll let someone else build them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I'm, I'm excited to see them. Um, I just ordered another set of I-9 um, carbon wheels. I'm getting the, uh, what? Carbon? Yeah, I ordered the carbons. <laughs> Well, I mean, I I really, really love their, their carbon wheels. I mean, I know it's a Reynolds room, but it's, I mean, they're just nice. I really, really like them. Yeah, I'm going to get a Mach 6. Okay. And so I'm ordering wheels first because I can use the shop Mach 6 until it sells. So the Mach 6, I don't, I'm not that familiar with it. Is that 27 and a half or 29? That is 27 and a half. Okay. Um, it is 155 millimeters of travel. Um, we have a demo at the shop that's, uh, like last year's, I think it's like last year's build. Um, it's like a Fox 34, like the previous version of the 34. Are you going to build one up from scratch or are you going to do like an off the shelf build? I'm going to do the off the shelf XTR build and replace the wheels. Um, So what does it come with? Like, see my only, I kind of want to look it up. Uh, I, I just, I really push you to try one of the 2016 35 or sorry 34 mil foxes or the 36 uh fox 36 yeah okay so that's the new it's the revised one though right yeah yeah it's like the one with the cool like orange and red stickers on it okay cool yeah those are really nice forks so i think you're gonna like that yeah and i i know like if i waited around for a while i would probably get like the they're gonna do like the new 34s and that kind of stuff but I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty solid. It's a Fox Thirty Six. It's the um, oh gosh, what's the name of the rear? It's a Fox. It's Float X, one of the rear shocks, like the kind if of. If it's bigger one. than Cross Country, I have no. Clue. I know, like I, I'm so not well versed in cross in in bigger bike stuff. I'm just learning it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I had to ask for advice on what tire pressure to run on the that on that demo bike um, when I went to Moab. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what to do in 27.5 wheels. <laughs> Everyone's like, you need to run a tube in 60 PSI. That's what all the downhill guys do. <laughs> no, no, I got some solid advice from some uh, enduro bros. And, you know, they said for downhill, they do like 30, 35. But if I'm not going to get that gnarly, I could probably go upper 20s and be cool. And that's what I did. I did upper 20s and I was cool. So were they all playing in the parking lot with their pikes and talking about how everything feels dialed? <laughs> Actually, yeah, I think they were. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Every time I see one of those guys on those bikes, they're always just like bouncing up and down on them. They're like, yeah, man, and they're like clicking rebound and stuff. Yeah, it's totally dialed, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, they actually do an X01 build, and they do an XTR build that other than the drivetrain, they're exactly the same. Um, is that Tina Pick? Sorry, Matt does. Matt, I don't know. Speed Week, Walter Crit, live streaming it with no no sound on, so yeah. I have no idea who it is. Anyway, um, so it's either an X. You can get either an X01 drivetrain or an XTR drivetrain, like XTR11, and everything else is the same. It's XT brakes, like a carbon. It's like the pivot carbon handlebar, like 740 millimeters wide. Um, it's some DT Swiss wheels, which they they kind of will do great on eBay. Yeah, they'll be great wheels for eBay. They're not bad wheels, so I know uh, the quality of these wheels is fine. But I think the engagement after riding i nines, the engagement of a DT Swiss hub, even with the upgrade, is fucking junk. Yeah, I, I kind of uh, I kind of agree. I wish DT. I really like the DT design. Yeah, and I like the hubs and I like the weight and the quality and like. You very rarely see anybody with a problem right, out of those right. hubs. They're very I really reliable. like to see them 
redesign him a little bit, maybe make that uh, that little star ratchet guy, if they make him a little bit bigger. Yeah. Then why they would can... they? Why do they even have to sell an upgrade? Why don't all of their hubs just come with that? Because without that, because it's it's a reliability they s- thing. They suck. Yeah. So a lot of people are breaking the fifty fours. Oh well. That's um, for them. That, that's why DT doesn't actually sell them. I think um, oh, they sell okay. they sell a thirty six. They don't sell the fifty four. Oh. I mean, they sell it, but they put Trek's name on it. Ah, <laughs> uh, I got you. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just really. The performance, other than, I know the quality, the reliability, all of that is there, but performance-wise, they suck. <laughs> they just do. Like they So I'd really suck. like, if they just put a little bit bigger Star Ratchet on there, they can put more Pauls on there, and they won't just snap off. So that'd be pretty cool. But I guess then the problem is, you know, the weight goes up and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think they really need to do that. I think some of these hub manufacturers need to wake up a little bit and realize that, like, 24, 30 points, that kind of thing. It's just, you know, there's a lot better out there. So they need to step up and compete a little bit. Yeah, I mean, really, the only the only hubs, I think, like, a good, like, kind of a trade-off, like, the Hope Hubs are pretty good, like, for the money. And that's yeah, kind of I'm what everyone about, says. Like, Hope Hubs are great for the money. Yeah, I'm just about to build up a set of the new 40 points for somebody with some Noxes. So I'm kind of interested to see, you know, how they feel and ride. So. <laughs> Yeah, cool. I mean they're just a, they're a little on the heavy side, but they cost like half as much as an i9 hub. So, you know, it's it, there's a trade off there. But I think that's a worthwhile. You know, if you just are flat broke and you've been saving up your money for two years to get a set of wheels, you know, and you can't spare that extra what couple hundred dollars, then sure, go ahead and go with the hopes. But um, I mean, yeah, they're just good for the money. That's just the best way to say, you know, the best way to describe hope hubs. I think. I'd rather have Hope Hubs than DT Swiss Hubs. <laughs> <laughs> Clank! <laughs> that's, how they, that's how they sound every time you, you engage them. Just a loud clank. Yeah, they do sound kind of funny. Uh, Alright, well, what have you been up to? Other than um, building shit. Uh, me over here in Memphis? Yeah. Uh man, nothing much. It's it's been the weather's still been like kind of crappy. So I've been riding my road bike, riding my bar bike. Um, yeah, did one of those group road rides. Uh, I, I heard you're on like the bar a, bike. You're, I heard you're like a ride though. Yeah, something like that. So, <laughs> Kenny, yeah. you're gonna lose. We're gonna lose listenership because you're a road ride leader now. Oh gosh, yeah, I got kind of roped into that, but uh, no, it's really not all bad, you know. And it's fun. Sometimes it's fun to yell at people. And uh, tell people they're being they're being stupid and shit. So that's good. Do you call them stupid with a T? I always do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quit being a jackass. Get out of my ride. Go home. Have you actually have you kicked anyone out? No, I haven't kicked anybody out, but I've had to yell at a couple people. They usually get it. They realize they did something stupid. But a lot of times, honestly, people don't know they're doing anything that's dumb unless somebody tells them they're being dumb. So. Um, yeah, most everyone's taking it well. So, no, it's been good, honestly. It's really not been that bad. But I rode the bar bike at one of those and went, like, kind of fast. It really, really hurt. So, it was... <laughs> what is I mean, your bar was, bike? I forget. My bar bike is that, like, 1990s giant carbon 26er with the big old Michelin 2.3s Oh, on. yeah. That's scary. Yeah, but it's got some awesome stuff on it. It's got a Hope quad piston <laughs> front disc brake right now. <laughs> and it's got, uh, it's got 28 hole... Uh, Mavic Crossland rim hoops, and it's got a DT240 rear hub. Uh, it's got a SRAM red cassette, and it's one by ten. It's so awesome. Yeah, with an XT derailleur. What what size chainring? Uh, thirty eight on the front. Oh God. That's, so that must have been a really slow road ride. No, I was just about to say today we went. 28 miles an hour, and I had a 30-10. Yeah. They don't make hills like that in... We weren't... Oh, yeah, that was on the, the small I mean, hill. We huh? were going, like, false flat downhill with so a wind. you guys can check it out on Strava, on Dead Flat, on C.D. Smith. I did 32 <laughs> on the bar bike. It hurt a lot. I mean, I was 197 heart rate. Did you have your full-face helmet on? <laughs> no, I didn't have the full face. I did have... Uh, it's the Super 2R, or sorry, the Super, uh, the Bell Super, the regular one. Yeah. The non-full Oh, face. I just got one of the Smith Forefront helmets. Yeah. Like the mountain bike helmet. It is nice. 
It is super nice. It's it, like the fit of it, at least for my head, it, it's like way better. I, I had that Bell Super, and it's um it's really freaking awesome. Like it covers just as much of my head, but like is so much lower profile and and lighter weight that it's 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 really nice. Very cool. Yep. Uh, but other than that, no, not, nothing much around here. The weather's been so bad that I've been uh, relegated to uh, <laughs> ride leading and bar biking and road biking, and it's, it's horrible. But, uh, yeah, the weather's been pretty nice this week. We're doing Lakeland tomorrow, so we're going to go do some some fun hill stuff. We'll probably have uh, 10 people or so out there, and then I may do the Silma race uh, last minute. Yeah. So that's the deal. And in theory, this will be the first nice Silma race in, like, 10 years. But it's going to be, like, I bet it'll get even warmer. I bet it'll get up in the low 80s, and people are going to die of heat exhaustion. Oh, it's going to be so hot. But it's actually really good for me because I do really well in the heat. So yeah. I say bring it on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, uh, that's kind of it with me. Uh, as far as stuff that I've like seen lately, uh, I think we talked about it last show. I don't know for certain, but Shimano announced the 11 speed XT stuff. That's really really cool. Oh yeah, we had um, some people on Twitter wanted us to talk about their their one by road stuff, didn't they? Yeah, that's awful. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I I mean I'll let Matt talk about that in a second. I just want to finish up the Shimano stuff real nope. quick, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Shimano's got XT11 speed and they got it from top down. So, you know, shifters and derailers and crank and all that kind of stuff. And to be honest, the cranks look better than the XTRs, which is really funny. Uh, what else about it? They're going to have a new ratio. So they're going to do on the cassette, they're going to have two options. They're going to have an 1140 and an 1142, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, that's really, really nice, and it'll probably be somewhere around $100 uh, for the cassette. I don't have availability and exact pricing just yet, but that's going to be really, really tempting uh, for me especially. The second that cassette comes out, I'm just buying it. I'm going to go ahead and do kind of just like I have today with my 10-speed XTR one buy. I'm going to buy XTR shifter and XTR rear derailleur. Uh, I'll probably still run my XX1 chain, and then I'm going to get an XT cassette instead of XTR just because it's consumable, and nah, I don't care about that last 50 grams just because, yeah, you know, an extra 200 bucks every six months, that kind of hurts. So Right. Anyway, that's really cool for a lot of people. Uh, it really brings the price of that. Uh, it makes it, well, yeah, it makes uh, whatever, 11 speed a little bit more obtainable. Yeah, sorry, people. are you guys still there? You guys cut out on me. Yeah, first. we're here. Okay, cool. Um, did I cut out there? No, you were, you were, uh, clear. it's it, me, maybe weird. Okay. Well, anyway, not sure what that is, but, um, yeah, anyway, that's, that's pretty cool on the XT front. Another little thing, totally random, not really that exciting. I've just seen, I've put a lot of people on that new XTR, really small sized bottom bracket. Have you guys seen those? Yes. Uh, Dur they have a Dura Ace and an Altegra and XTR. I don't know if they have an XT level one yet. But it's just a regular old 24 mil spindle external bottom bracket like we're all used to seeing, but it's just a little bit tinier, so it's a little bit lighter. Yeah. Uh, and you would think it would be worse because the bearings are getting smaller, but for whatever reason, the way they did the seals on it or something, those little bastards last forever. Um, I've got a bunch of people on them. I've got Laureen, and she's notorious for oh yeah <laughs> tear for tearing up bottom brackets, and she's got a full year out of that, and it's still perfect. So. I just wanted to put that shout out. And they're also only $40 for oh, XTR. Nice. So it's I really think, funny. When the XTRs came like out way back when, those XTRs were horrible. Oh, like really? The, the original, original one, like, like maybe... Too, too light for their own good? No, they were just the bearing quality and the seals were horrible. This was like eight years ago, I understand. Oh. But right now, if you buy the current XTR uh, bottom brackets, they're really, really good. So anyway, just something random I have kind of found out at the shop after I put maybe five or six people on them. Oh, that's cool. And I've yet to see one come back dead. So pretty cool. That's good. All right. That's all I got. Yeah. Um, um, you want, I, you want I to talk about I haven't decided. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to do, I'm going to get the XTR 11 of Mach 6, but I haven't decided yet if I want to just, stick with the 1140 XTR cassette because, I mean, it is super sexy and I know it will work perfectly. Or if I want to get like an X01 uh, 11 speed, like a 1042 and do the XX 
I guess, XX1TR or XO1TR. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. I don't really know the answer to that. Oh, I got one more really quick thing about XTR 11 speed. Yeah. So when I set up that pivot that was 2x11 XTR, that new side swing XTR front trailer is really, really, really nice. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, it's like Shimano front shifting uh, for 10 speed has been phenomenal. Yeah. But this is like even better. Wow. Uh, it's really solid, like the way all the linkages work. There is like zero, zero play in it. It is really, really awesome, real stable, um, real light lever feel. So, yeah, really, really cool thing. So it would definitely, it would not deter me from going two-by. Like it, it's that nice that it's, I would almost consider it. That's cool. I wish I could go two-by. <laughs> Kenny, you don't happen to have an extra um, front derailleur and front shifter and a set of chain rings for Matt, do you? Uh, I've got so many. I have a box of front derailleur shame. It probably weighs 100 pounds, and it has thousands of parts in it. You should just go ahead and send some to Matt. I'll send you the whole thing. <laughs> I don't want. I just want the 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 whatever direct mount derailleur I need for my Jet9, Jet 9 RDO. Okay. The chain rings that are smaller for a double, I guess, 2436. I don't know if I have any of those. I'll look. I definitely have the front derailleur. Like, no problem. I've got that one. And I've got a million front shifters. So, yeah, I can, I'll send you all that stuff, man. Once we once we get wrapped up, I'll, I, I got, I'll give you all the rest of my stuff. Cool. We don't have any questions this week. Uh, SRAM one by on the road. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, It's yeah. awful. Why do you say it's awful? It's awful because chain line. It's awful because of chain line, that's why. So why is that why is the chain line not awful on a mountain bike then going one by? Um it is. It is awful. Okay. Uh but the chain stay is shorter on a road bike. Yeah. So the chain line is increased. Or the chain line angle is increased because the you're you're still going a ten speed or an eleven speed cassette is gonna take up the same width. So you're making the same swing over a shorter distance, so the angle is gonna be greater. Uh the angle of the chain's greater. Um, and then the other thing to think about is chainring wear. Um, one by chainrings are just way too expensive. Even road chainrings are too expensive. So why would you want to put all that wear on one single chainring? And the last thing to think about um, is your chain line improves every time you shift. Ideally, on a road bike, you're using your 52, 11 through 17, and then like your 36. Let's say, let's say you're using the 52, like 11 through 20, and then the 36, 17 through 28. You know, you might shift down a couple of times, put it into a harder gear in the rear, put it in the little ring in the front, and then keep going to easier. Um, and that's just the way that it goes. And and if you're doing all that, if you're running a 52th, so 5.0T front ring, then that means you have a 5011 for your biggest cog and a 5032 or 36 for your smallest cog. And that's just not enough range for road. It sucks. Yeah, I mean, on a road bike, you tend to use more. Like, you, you just, it, it seems like you just need that range. Like, on a mountain bike, you're, the, the change in speed from, like, your fastest to your slowest is not as wide like you're you're just not going over as wide of a range of speeds on a mountain bike as you are on a road bike and maintaining those speeds like you might hit 40 miles an hour on a mountain or more realistically 30 miles an hour on a mountain bike but on a road bike if you're you know at a, on a negative two percent grade with a tailwind you might stay at 30 miles an hour for like four or five minutes or like i said the other day i went 32 for 18 minutes coming out of cold creek canyon yeah. Running from that storm. I mean, I had like, I was down in the canyon, so I had no wind, no real wind. You know, it was, I was all sheltered from the wind. And I just, the only thing that kept me from going faster was just cold. Like, I didn't want to go any faster. Like, I was breaking before corners because I didn't want to go 40 because it was, it hurt. I would like, every piece of exposed skin on my body was like, so I was going that fast in sprinkles, and I only had on arm warmers, a jersey, shorts, and a light jacket, and summer weight mountain bike gloves. 
like a light jacket, like a windbreaker. So I was not properly dressed for such <clears throat> such shenanigans. Yeah, and, I mean it's it's like one by ten for a mountain bike. Um, as far as like in my opinion, like I mean, if you've been listening to the show, you know I say one by ten on a mountain bike doesn't work um, for everybody because of terrain. Um, as Matt's finding out here, uh, you know, you don't, you, you either aren't going to have a low enough gear or you aren't going to have high enough gear, more than likely not going to have a low enough gear. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of a limiting thing for some people, but for some people that's like awesome. I mean, some people only use one gear on their mountain bike, you know, but I mean, it's, yeah, there's a guy at the shop that has a, a bike with XX one and he's so strong. Like, he's unbelievably strong, and they were making a joke the other day. Um, he really likes the idea of XTR cassettes working with XX1 because he's never used, like, and saying never, like, the 38 and 42 chainring or cog in the XX1 cassette is, like, meant on his cassette because he, he does not use it. Yeah, which like he is... doesn't need it. He, just, <laughs> he goes that fast uphill. He doesn't need those two cogs. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it depends on your strength. Um, it depends on your terrain. It's going to be great for some people. Um, it's going to be absolutely wrong for other people. So that's what I think about the one-by road stuff. It's kind of a cop-out answer, but... Uh, well, I've, ne- I've never been... I love one-by stuff, I understand. Like, absolutely love it. But I've never been on my mountain bike that's currently 2 by 11 I've never, ever been on it and said man i wish this thing was one by your road bike you mean is that what i what did i say you said your bike. Bike. i'm sorry i've never never been on my two by 11 uh road bike and ever thought i want one by ever yeah because i've never it doesn't make any weird rubbing noises i don't drop chains off you know into my small chain ring by accident from the big ring i don't i mean i don't have any issues road with it. front road front derailers work they yeah. work really well um, I've just never had an issue with it, so I've never thought, wow, I really want that. The other thing about it is you don't take off nearly as much weight by going with a one-by road setup as you do with a one-by mountain setup because you've already still got your drop, your little hoods. And, yeah, maybe you could somehow take some guts out of a shifter, but that doesn't save you a whole lot of weight. And the derailleur is probably a brazon, so that's super light. And you get rid of an aluminum small ring, which is really not that heavy. I mean, you drop like maybe grams. maybe like 100 grams or a little bit more on a road setup, but you can drop 200 plus grams on a mountain bike setup. So I just don't see nothing about it is attractive to me on the road setup. I just don't, I just don't see the purpose of it yeah. at all, <laughs> at all, because I, I have used every single gear on my road bike extensively. And Everyone. you know, I think that the one by stuff is, I, I kind of see, the way I see it, it is there for the guy or the woman um, who has always ridden a mountain bike with one-by or is just really, really freaking loves one-by stuff, and then they build a gravel bike, or they finally get a road bike or something, and they're like, ah, oh, I can't, uh, no, front derailers are evil, I can't use front derailers, and so now they have this. Ooh, also, where this would be super sick? Purpose-built crit bike, fifty-two. Yeah. Drop stop that chain would be ring. Cool. Or what? A uh, what about like a TT bike? Yeah, that um, would that would be good too. That's good because then the TT bike it gets really interesting. You could run the numbers on your TT bike, and you could run something really cool like a forty-eight. Because on your TT bike, I don't. No one is pushing fifty-three eleven at a hundred RPM for their time no, trial. No one we know. Every dude thinks he can and does, which is hysterical. It's hysterical when dudes come to me and say they want a 54 on their road bike. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, do you do you understand gear inches? Like, do you understand how fast you would be going? And to talk wattage a little bit. It's like just just pedal like a little bit faster and then you go faster. Like quit being a baby. Well, if you do the numbers on it, 5311 is like 40 miles an hour, right? Right at what at what RPM? Uh, fifty three eleven at like a hundred is almost uh, using quick off the top of my head. Fifty three eleven hundred RPM forty miles an hour. That sounds about right. 
You know what else is really funny? 100 RPM is where I can sprint the best. So all these times I used to try to sprint in the big ring, turns out I need to put it in like the 52.17 so I can beat, because at 26 miles an hour, that's like 100 RPM, and that's how I can get up to like 1,200 watts, is 52, like 17 or something like that in the rear, like middle of the cassette almost, and spin it up hard at like 100, then you get into those big boy wattages. So when the pros are sprinting, sure, they're sprinting a 53.11, but they're doing 100 RPM, and that's how they're getting their like 14 or 1500 watt sprint after, you know, six hours at 300. Well, they, watts. like, that's not really that applicable for the amateur racing that you and I have both done, uh, because we don't have like a six person lead out train that has been doing a lead out for the last like three to five kilometers of the race. So, you know, it's, we don't have anyone dropping us off at 38 miles an hour. Dude, if somebody dropped me off at 38 miles an hour, I'd just... Oh. Yeah, you, you know what you I'd drop. do? If someone dropped me off at 38 miles an hour, I'd promptly do 37 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, man. Oh, that is, that is perfect. Exactly. That is exactly right. It's getting real. Um, I think that that was like kind of our new shit that we probably hate. You guys should check out my Instagram account. Um, Matt took a picture of me today, like after he broke his wheel. So like, he's like, let me ride ahead a little bit and I'll take your picture. Cause we kind of knew this one section of trail, uh, was like fun downhill and like a little bit rocky gnarly. Um, so he went down there and then I went and he took my picture and I jumped off a rock and it was fun. Both wheels in the air. Oh my God. Both wheels. So, what's your uh, what's your Instagram? It is Brick House Racing. I'm looking at it. He got me like launching. I I think my rear wheel might still be touching the rock, or might be like kind of bumping off the rock as I'm going up. It's it's like braptastic. Oh, this looks kind of gnarly. Yeah, it's fun. I I didn't break my rim on something. So where I broke my rim wasn't as gnarly as that, so I was pinning it at, like, I don't know, I'm <coughs> I'll do the, I'll, I'll put it in Strava and stuff and figure out how fast I was going. You were probably in the, you were in the teens somewhere, maybe, like, 15 to 20 area, I Yeah, think. but I was going, like, quickly through the air, and then, like, it was like I off the top roped it, though. <laughs> RKO out of nowhere! Um... So really funny. Man, if someone could Hold make on. like an RKO out of nowhere to your rim, like graphic, so, that would be so funny. So what's really funny is I bet Dicky could do that. Just what's really funny <laughs> is I was riding a Santa Cruz fifty ten <laughs> um, last Thursday. Was it a fifty? Or a Bronson. I, you were or, a I was Bronson. a Bronson. Yeah. I was riding a Bronson. There was like a random demo truck at the trail where random we... demo truck showed up at the trail where I broke my rim this week. And about two hundred yards after where Andrea's picture was taken today, I double flatted Maxis <laughs> EXO tubeless ready high roller uh, or something. A, a holy roller or high roller two in the front and like a, a minion domp or some but EXO TR, cut it through the tread, front and rear at the same time. Same rock, cut front you, and rear you tire. Should, you should probably uh, simmer down now. No, I'm getting rowdy in this bitch. Don't play. Uh, we've been, well, I mean. I'm, I'm ready to call it quits. I'm tired. I have to get up early and call Knox in the morning and be like, I broke my rim. And... Call Casey. Be like, hey, girl. Hey, girl, I broke my rim. I was trying to be like you and go downhill real fast. I'm not. How do you know Casey? Casey. Uh, Casey Armstrong. Uh, from Pisca. Yep. She was at Pisca last year. Well, I mean, she was at Pisca this year. She like dominated everyone last year. Is that the same Casey that works at Knox? Yeah. Yes. So oh, I didn't know that. Casey yeah. from Knox. Uh, we met her at Pisca last year and interviewed her during the stage race. Really? Yeah. Really. Interesting. She's fast. She is very fast. How old is she? She is very taken. <laughs> oh, really? Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Kenny. How big is he? 
<laughs> they are very like smoochy, lovey, happy together. So quit being a douchebag. She's quick, dude. She is real quick. No, that's really cool. I had no idea that I didn't realize that she was like racer type. I thought she was just oh, like yeah. random office worker person. No. no, she's like a a collegiate national road racer, collegiate national cyclocross racer. Um She's a badass. She's a that's, su- that's super cool. Well, I'm going to talk to her about like racing and shit now when I talk to her on the phone. Oh, do you talk to her all the time? Well, we do lots of orders. Gotcha. No, she's legit as hell. She won the Enduro last year at Pisgah. Oh, dang. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. Like, her well, Enduro she won, times... She won the Enduro this year. She was just second place in the GC. Her Enduro times were faster than mine every day last year. Dang. So, yeah. I mean, except for... No, that wasn't the Enduro that day. There was maybe one day I beat her down this hill, but it was because, like, I had never ridden it before, and I was just like, fuck everybody, and I went downhill at full speed, because it was the type of thing where, like, if you were local, it sucked because it was wet, so you couldn't go as fast as usual, which everyone was bummed out about, but for me, I had never ridden any of it, and I was like, I got this freaking dropper post and a 120-millimeter fork and carbon wheels that don't flex, I'm just bombing it. Fuck everybody, and didn't break a wheel there. Have you been listening? Kenny, can you hear the dogs in the background? Yeah, they're going nuts. Yeah. They've, Show enough. This is like the most dog-tastic episode we've ever done. That's Harry. Yeah. If you can imagine if Steve Buscemi was a dog, this little brown dog looks like him. And the dog's name is Harry. That's the high-pitched bark you can hear in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the Steve Buscemi of dogs. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right, are we ready to wrap it up? Uh, yeah, ready to wrap it up. Let's do it. All right. Uh, this has been another episode of Just Riding Long, brought to you by, you know, Lafers, Broken Carbon, and Steve Buscemi the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Yeah, dinner took longer to cook. Like, sweet potatoes are delicious, but they're a bitch.